Hello, everyone, and welcome to the L2 Sports Super Bowl reaction episode. I'm your host, Lucas Cartelli, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Luca Moya. Buddy, what are your thoughts of the Super Bowl? How was it for you? I lost a lot of money. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, a lot of money, not good. But you know what? It was a great game. Nothing else you can ask for, really. We're going to get into it with some of the, the coaching decisions that mm-hmm. I thought happened throughout that game. But I'm excited because we got a fan favorite coming back on the show. That is right. A fan favorite, Thomas Pockernick. We're going to call him Pock. Thanks for coming on. How have you been, buddy? Boys, thanks for having me. Um, I had a ton of fun chatting with you guys last time, which I believe was that just before the playoffs started. We gave some yes. predictions. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought it was, you know, the Rams and the, and the Bengals in the end, but I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And I'm looking forward to uh, unpacking everything that we saw on Sunday. Yeah, so let's get right into Sunday. The LA Rams are your Super Bowl 56 champions. They take down the Bengals 23-20. Matt Stafford had a great game. Cooper Cup ends up as the Super Bowl MVP. Sean McVay gets his ring. Aaron Donald gets his ring. Pac, I'm going to throw it to you right away. What was your biggest takeaway from that game on Sunday? Um, Personally, I mean, from a personal standpoint, I was just, I mean, I'm even happier now that I heard Moya lost a ton of money, but I was, I was elated when I saw Matthew Stafford uh, hoist the Super Bowl. I mean, it's hard to think of a guy that's, that's more deserving of that, you know, experience having struggled in Detroit for so long. And then he goes to Los Angeles and kind of like Tom Brady, Brady Brady-esque maybe in in one year, he just takes his team to, to a Super Bowl. But what I, what I saw, my biggest takeaway, I think, is how a championship is truly, you know, it's, it's a team that gets it done. And you look at the Rams, they were the most complete team this season. They don't really have any weaknesses. They were solid everywhere. And on on both sides of the ball, they had big time players step up. You look at who really came up clutch and who won them that game. It's their best player on offense and Cooper cup making some, you know, I think on the final drive, he had 40 total yards and a touchdown and Aaron Donald was just, he wreaked havoc in the backfield all game long. So it was a true team win. They're a great organization. They just seemed to work in unison. Their GM was all in, giving away all their draft picks. Their coach was all in. He had a great relationship with his quarterback. So it's nice to see a team that not, not many people thought would win, you know, bring home the Lombardi. And I, I really enjoyed the game. Fuck, did you lose any money or no? Yeah, see, I, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised because it's you, but... Personally, I mean, what have we seen this playoffs? Every single game's close. So I was all over that Bengals plus four and a half, and I was all, all over the Rams money line. So it was, mm-hmm. it was, a, it was a great game for me. I, uh, I bet on Burrow rushing because I'm like, oh, he's gonna be running for his life, right? But <laughs> you know what I didn't really take in is that you know, yeah, he probably had no time to run. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of the things. They, and then of course I bet on Sony Michelle. We get two rushing yards. That's just yeah. Well, to be fair, I didn't know Henderson was back, so that was a lack of a preparation on my end. But I I think um, going back to the game is what it came down to. I think was coaching, and you know you saw in the first half get the ball out of Burrow's hands quick. Like we knew going into this game, it was going to be their O line versus the Rams D line, and in the first half was decent. You know he was pressured a lot. He only got sacked once, but he was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Second half comes along. They get a little greedy. They're like, you know what? We're going to hit that first play of the half to Higgins. Obviously, it was a missed call. And they thought, okay, you know what? Let's start going bombs away. And it got away from them, right? He got sacked six times. He was on the floor. He hurt his knee. So, it just kind of all went downhill. 
I think the biggest problem I had with that game was when it really mattered, right? When it really came down to it, Cincinnati couldn't get one yard, mm-hmm. one yard to win your season. That's really what it was. It was three plays to get one yard. And I'm sorry, but why the hell is Samaji P. Ryan running out of shotgun to Aaron Donald? I, I just sometimes I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, I'm not a head coach, right? I'm not in the NFL, but sometimes I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I've never understood, Pac, I don't know about you, but and, and Lucas, I've never understood the narrative of, you know, it's second and short, take your shot now. Just pick up the yard. Just just pick yeah. it up and keep the change, especially in a game like that. You got two timeouts, right? You got, I don't know how many, you have at least, I think it was 40 seconds left in the game or something like that. Why, why, why are we trying to force it and go deep to get, to get your QB killed yeah. again? Just pick up the first down, right? And then they get into the third down, it's third and one. And out of shotgun, you're running Samaje P. Ryan to Aaron Donald's side. That's just, to me, you have to call on your best players in that situation. If you're not going to keep the ball in Burrow's hands, you're going to have to give it to your running back. And it, it sure as hell is not going to be P. Ryan. It's got to be mixed. I don't care how big P. Ryan is. Give it to your best player. Let him make a play. Let him get one yard. And then the fourth down, instead of keeping in P. Ryan, okay, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? He's going to keep him in there to block. He goes out on a route. And I'm like, you're, you're leaving Burrow on an island now. It's fine. I don't care how many receivers you got out there, okay, giving you options. You got you to gotta protect him. And, and Donald got there in, what, one second, it seemed like? You mm-hmm. keep him one-on-one. They were triple-teaming him, and he was still creating pressure. What did you think was going to happen? So I thought the game was lost right there, obviously. But it came down to the Bengals couldn't get one yard. Just one yard would have needed the most. Because after that, all they really needed to do was pick up, what, another 10 yards? Even maybe even five yards. The way this kicker's been kicking, who would have said he wouldn't have nailed a 60-yarder? Seriously. Yeah. Just had to get a couple more yards. They couldn't do that. They got a bit greedy, went away from their game plan, and evidently lost the game. So it's going to be a long offseason for the Bengals. Definitely, definitely have to improve the O-line. But it was a good game, uh, nonetheless, yeah. because when it mattered, the like Pac said, the Rams players made plays in Stafford and Cup and Donald, and the Bengals players didn't. And that's what evidently lost the game for Cincinnati. Yeah, that that last play felt a little bit rushed for going down as your last play of the season in the Super Bowl, trying to get that one yard on second, third, and fourth down. But you guys alluded to it. Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, they both had pretty good games. It was a pretty good Super Bowl overall. Burrow had 263 yards for and a touchdown. Matt Stafford, 283, three touchdowns and a couple interceptions. Pac, I'm going back to you. What, like... How would you grade both their performances as the both quarterbacks in that game? I think to start the game, and this is this is sort of unusual, especially for Joe Burrow, because he's always been a guy that looks really cool and collected under pressure. I felt a little bit of nerves from both the quarterbacks early on, and I didn't think that maybe they were at their best. Where it really changed for Burrow was when he hit Chase on that deep route, when, mm-hmm. when Chase sort of had his way with, with Jalen Ramsey, and he just put the Bengals in a, in a great situation. Stafford, on the other hand, when Odell Beckham Jr. went down, that offense just pretty much went stagnant. They managed to, you know, to pick things up going forward. Um, I think both of them did fairly well. It obviously wasn't their best game, but hey, the, the competition was quite heightened. Of course, you're playing in the Super Bowl. Um, the, the two picks on Stafford, like people point to that, and maybe that's even the reason why I didn't win Super Bowl MVP. One was essentially a punt. I mean, he's, he's taken a shot into the end zone, and the other was just a a very, very unfortunate tip drill where the momentum just completely shifted in Cincinnati's way. So overall, I honestly, and reflective in the score, I thought both of them did enough for their teams to win. But of course, only one of them could come on top and the better team won in this case, the Rams. I think Stafford had a chance 
for MVP. And I was and I was saying to the guys I was watching with, if I had a ranking, it would have went Donald Stafford Cup. That 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 would have been my ranking personally. I just think you know Aaron Donald phenomenal. Whatever you don't want to give it to him. I think Stafford played an unbelievable game because like he like Park said right when Odell went out, this offense was just it was awful. It was like 40-second drives, three and out. Like, yeah. it, it just wasn't looking. And when he went out, you're just thinking, okay, like, the, now we're going to see if Cooper Cup is that guy. And he came alive, right? Like, you like to think, right, Cooper Cup can do this, right? I mean, you, we've seen it all year. But we've also seen him have Woods. We've also seen him have Odell, right? We've seen him, Now, the run game was non-existent. But we've seen them been able to run the rock when they've had to run it. And then when it was just no run game, no second receiver, Cup was he was pretty much locked the whole game, other than that last drive. He got mm-hmm. that early touchdown on the crossing route, but other than that, he didn't really do much. I thought Cincinnati did a good job of that. I think Stafford, I would have given him the MVP over Cup just because that final drive, you trade all those picks, you trade your quarterback for moments like this, and he delivered. He, he delivered. He he got their team to the end zone, and he and he punched it in. That's that's honestly all you can have. He didn't settle for a field goal. He won them the game, and for me. I know the interceptions. I mean, that, that, that second interception, I agree with pocket. It was a bit of miscommunication. Do you stop? Do you keep running? And it was just whatever the punt, the punt pick. You can never, for me, I would never blame a QB for trying to make something mm-hmm. happen. Like, like just trying to throw it into the end zone. Like I, like if it's late in the game, okay, I understand, but it's third down, not a lot's going on. Try to make a shot. Maybe the wrong receiver to do so with Van Jefferson to win a jump ball, but still, I would have given it to Stafford. I thought he actually played a very good game uh, considering those two unfortunate mistakes. And then Burrow, if if the Bengals won, you know it would have went to him. Yeah. Uh, even, the, even though Higgins had a great game, okay, I, I, I would have given it to Burrow. The QBs are so are judged so highly, especially in this game. Like when James White, and I, I love Brady, you guys know this, but James White clearly, it was either him or Brady, they gave it to Tom. And there was a big case James White should have won it that year. And, and there's a lot of times where – Players don't get it just because the QB gets that game-winning drive or that quarterback does like makes the play. And I thought Stafford made the not just the play, he made that drive. He got a game-winning drive in the Super Bowl. I would have given him the MVP. So I thought they both played a pretty good game considering the circumstances of Burrow and his offensive line. I thought they both played a good game. Yeah, both QBs for me were were outstanding. They uh, we said it in our pregame, true Luca, Luca. We didn't want the quarterbacks to lose the game for their teams, and yeah. essentially they did it, and they played really well. Uh, I had to disagree with you on the Stafford for MVP. I think it still should have been Donald or Cup because if you really look at that drive, especially in the in the red zone, Matt Stafford was just looking for Cooper Cup every single time because that's his guy. And another guy that had something to do with that drive, Sean McVay. As we move into the coaches and Luca, you. You weren't really too high on Sean McVay heading into the Super Bowl. You uh, and the ways he game planned, but again, he's the offensive genius and he probably had a huge part in what was going on in that last drive. Give us something on Sean McVay and how he managed this game in the Super Bowl. Well, his time management was great. Uh, I, I thought he did a really good job. He had all three of his timeouts. That's what yeah, I was saying. That, I was looking at that. I was looking at that. I'm like, he's got three timeouts heading into the final minute here, Luca. You should Finally. be proud of him. Finally, he did. And it, listen, there wasn't any dumb challenges to be made in this game, right? So he didn't have to the waste face mask. Out there. Yeah, but you can't challenge that. Like, oh, you know okay. what I mean? It's not a challengeable play. But I'm saying, like, he didn't really have to put his hurt his team anyway. Didn't take any dumb time. There were, there were really no penalties, honestly, until the last drive, right? Yeah. And I thought I thought the crew was decent. They let them play all game. Um, but 
you have to give him credit. I, I think a lot of people have given him a lot of crap for, you know, the run game and him continuing to go to the run game. I, I honestly, I understand it because in that Patriots Super Bowl, they kind of got away from it and they let, they, they put the ball in Goff's hands and Goff versus Belichick. <laughs> we saw what happened, but this is why you trade for Stafford, right? When your run game's not there, you need a quarterback to bail you out. And that's exactly what he did. I was just a little confused, Pac, and you're going to go here in a second. I, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't see a lot of play action. Like, I understand you want to keep the, the defense honest, right? You want to run the ball. Say, so, you know what, even if we're getting one, two yards of carry, we're still going to run the ball just to make you think that we're going to run it. But it didn't really set anything up, which is what I found a little bit odd. <laughs> but who am I to really honestly? I mean, they won the game. But if they lost the game, I think that would have been a big talking point as to why they ran the ball so much and didn't just give it to Stafford. Because at that point, OBJ's out. The run game's non-existent. Just make Stafford and Cup eat. It's the final game of the year. Let them do what they do best. And they finally did on that final drive, and it worked. Yeah, and, and I think the big thing with coaching is that unlike what Zach Taylor did, not you know utilizing Joe Mixon and running yeah. with Ryan, like Sean McVay really went in with the attitude like, we're going to live and die with our best players here. And I think that was huge for the Rams. The run game and the willingness to stick with the run, I, I think it's important. I mean, yeah, I'm struggling I you know, with sort of how they schemed a lot of their runs and maybe they just tried too hard to get certain players involved. Like Daryl Henderson hasn't played a role in this playoff run. Obviously he's injured. For him to come back in the game and for them to lean so heavily on him rather than you know, a guy like Sony Michelle who had a really underrated and, and productive season – and even Cam Akers has sort of come along in the playoffs. Like, I think maybe they were just trying too hard with their personnel and, and rotating matchups for the Bengals. Overall, I mean, there was a part in that game where I was kind of, you know, sitting there and, and I was worried thinking like, okay, in Sean McVay's first Super Bowl, his offense put up three points. Right now, they look lifeless. They're, it's a punt fest. They can't get anything done. Their, their big players are sort of absent. And it's just like, is the offensive genius, you know, quote unquote, going to come up short once again with another disappointing offensive performance? Like this can't really be happening. That's, that's where my head was at. So for him to, you know, show that mental toughness and, and rally his players late and put it all together is what really impressed me. And, and that's the sign of a championship coach in my eyes. Yeah, the youngest head coach uh, to ever win. A super Bowl. I think it's at 36 years old. Uh, Sean McVay is on the other side. We're looking at Zach Taylor. This Bengals team was a two win team last year, and now they just went to the Super Bowl. And he did have a couple of questionable calls. We, Luca, you mentioned it on that final drive. But what do you see with Zach Taylor's performance like throughout the season with the Bengals and in the playoffs and the Super Bowl? Do you see uh, an extension coming for, for him? What do you see for Zach Taylor heading I'm, I'm in the future? Sure. Pretty sure he, I, I don't know if I read this wrong. I'm pretty sure he actually signed an extension mm -hmm. to 2026. So he's going to be sticking around there for a long time. You just show, you know what? It, it's an experience. It's the biggest game of the year, biggest game of his life. And you saw, you saw the inexperience. Sometimes you just overthink it, right? You're thinking a pass catching back coming in. He's big. They're going to throw the ball and you run it. And, and unfortunately you ran it to the best player ever, probably on the defensive side of the football. Mm -hmm. And so that's where he got it wrong, I think, but you cannot fault him for what he's done. Like, yes, all the talk is on Burrow, okay? Every, all the talk's on Burrow, but at the end of the day, he has some input on who gets drafted. He has some input on the schemes, obviously. He came from that tree, that coaching tree of offensive-minded genius and stuff. 
and he led this team. And there were a lot of times throughout the year where you could say, you know what, maybe they should have went for a fourth down here. He shouldn't have taken this time here, blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, other than the Super Bowl, he trusted his best players to make plays. And that's all you can ask for a young head coach. And I think, Pac, you said it too a couple of weeks when we were talking about the head coaches. The locker room seems to love, to love him. Right? He has a great connection, I think, with the players. And it could be because of his age. But at the end of the day, they trust him. They go out there, they play for him, and they, they're a pretty good football team. And they might not have, you know, superstars all over, but they just play well as a team. Like, as you, like that defense to me – it's not special. Yeah, it's not great. They just play well, and they got hot at the right time, and it led them to a Super Bowl appearance. Can they do that consistently? We're going to see next year when you know more teams have. A, can they solve them? Can more teams see you know their flaws and weaknesses out, out of this Cinderella run? We're going to see what he could do next year. But as a team, they got hot. They played well. Kudos to Zach Taylor. Let's see if he could do it again. I think Zach Taylor, like you mentioned, he's he's come from that coaching tree. And, and when he was hired, the narrative around him was sort of like, you just shake hands with Sean McVay, you're, you're getting a missing interview because that was the trend to hire that young offensive mind. And he's, he's kind of become the forgotten one from there after a tough first two seasons at Cincinnati. And I think he didn't get the credit he deserved through this run. And I love what you said about experience because now coaches are sort of becoming like quarterbacks in the NFL where we're expecting greatness from them within their first three years. And the fact that the new trend is to hire young head coaches, that, that's not always the case. These guys are learning too, and they need time. My one issue with, with Zach Taylor, and it's been an issue that I've had all year long, is that his scheme, in my opinion, isn't aware enough about the weakest link in his team and the offensive line. I've never seen a team that protects so poorly for their quarterback scheme their offense for their quarterback to hold on to the ball for so long. I agree. Obviously, being a Miami fan, I watch – you know, two every week. And I think Miami and the Bengals are offensive lines 31 and 32 in the NFL, but Miami's offensive scheme, and I know it's not very effective, but they make sure Tua gets the ball out of his hands so quick that he can't take any sacks with Burrow. And I think what really hurt him in the playoffs is, you know, they want to swing Jamar Chase deep. They want to get T Higgins down the middle of the field. And you can't do that on every play. You can't always look for the deep shot. I think that's really what hurt Cincinnati in the end with Joe Burrow being sacked nine times versus the tight ends and then seven times versus the Rams in the Super Bowl. That, that offensive line uh, needs some work and hopefully down the draft uh, we might see the Bengals trading up to, to figure out that problem. We're going to Cooper Cup. Let's get back to him. I also want to touch on Odell Beckham Jr., but Cooper Cup, what a season. Triple crown winner for a wide receiver. Eight receptions, 92 yards, two touchdowns, and a Super Bowl MVP in on Sunday is super is Cooper cup, the best wide receiver in the league right now, Luca, you know, I was having this debate with the guys and uh, you're familiar with them talking, you know, cause you run that amazing touch football league. VTFL. Check it out, boys. <laughs> Everybody check it out on this pod. Um, we were, I was having a debate with them and I said, personally, if I'm starting a team, I think there might be, I think he's in the top five. And people are like, why? That's not even a question. Like, if I'm starting a team, right, and I, and I want to pick a receiver, I, I'm, I'm still going to go Devontae Adams. Okay. I, personally, I'm still going to go Justin Jefferson. I think he's, he's just phenomenal. I think if D-Hop can stay healthy, I still, still think D-Hop is a really good receiver. And what I saw from Debo, I take Debo on my team as well. Just you because – Debo over Cooper Cup? I take Debo over – like, if you're starting a team, like the Dolphins right now, you can have one of those guys, Right. 
I just think you can do more with Debo. Maybe not as a pure receiver per se, but you have to add the element of his ability to run the football because you can do that, right? And Mike, your new head coach loves Debo, right? Like, that's that's how they used him. So I would take Debo over him in my in my team as a pure receiver. Sure, he is better than Debo, and he's probably top three in the NFL. But as a player, what you could do with him and, and all these schemes are like, I've seen Devontae carry a full team. Like I, I've seen De, uh, DeAndre Hopkins in Houston with those bad quarterbacks year in, year out, be consistent. Kirk Cousins and, and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, okay, Thielen was banged up. I still saw Jefferson. Cooper Cup, right? Yes, he's great at what he does, okay? But, you know, he's had Woods, then he had Odell, and Odell had a resurgence. I haven't seen him just be that number one guy. Like in the Super Bowl, really – he was, he was shut down until that final drive and, and great for him for showing up, but can, can he do that over 17 games? I mm. haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to doubt the guy. I've even seen it from Michael Thomas. Yeah. He was playing with a hall of fame quarterback, but I still saw him put up 149 catches and just dominate the league every single, every single week. So that that's kind of like where I'm going with it, but no doubt he's one of the best receivers in the league, but I don't know if I'm ready to put him at number one yet. Hawk, how do you yeah, counter I'm- that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of t- torn. I, I don't usually like to to agree with Moya, but I'm I sort of see where he's coming from. Thank you. That's Maybe, a first. <laughs> to me, Devontae Adams, there's 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 zero question. Zero. But at the same time, I think fit is so important and often and often overlooked in the NFL because mm-hmm. what makes Devontae Adams so great is his chemistry and relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he's impossible to cover, but that ball is always thrown perfectly on the back shoulder and his timing, his ability to turn around is, is always spot on. I think Cooper Cup in Sean McVay's scheme with Matthew Stafford, maybe there's no receiver I'd rather have but him. Yeah. Um, but I, I understand completely your points about you know, guys like DeAndre Hopkins who have had, you know, they've proved that they can do it with, you know, the I, I probably couldn't even name you three of his quarterbacks in Houston because it was mm-hmm. just that of a situation so he's to me he's not one I would I would have Devontae Adams there after that it's just a mismatch of really really talented players um, and maybe maybe Cooper Cup's not the most naturally you know gifted or talented you know receiver but his ability to constantly get open and just find little pockets in the zone of a defense is just blows my mind yeah his IQ is just phenomenal like sometimes they're just like you know it's a zone figure it out and he does that like I, sometimes i feel like, like there's not even a route called yeah it's just like fine green <laughs> no, sir, it's, it's seriously it's just fine green <laughs> and he finds green and it happens uh, i do want to ask you a question Pac, and lucas you can answer this too there's been a lot of talk about stafford obviously he got dealt a shitty hand in detroit let's just call it what it is yeah it was a sorry franchise and you see his potential is he a hall of famer oh, because okay. i've been i have been on this topic, and I've been talking to some people. I, I first off, I, I don't think so. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, if he wins, you know, we'll see how he does with the Rams and how their success carries on to the next couple mm-hmm. of seasons and what he can do. But I've always thought two things. Number one, if there's a debate, you shouldn't get in. Like the Hall of Fame to me, and, and how they've judged it throughout the years is you have some of these guys that are in the Hall of Fame, like Joe Namath. Let's just say, like, really. <laughs> Is he Hall of Famer? I mean, I guess he's in. He made that great, you know, that prediction back then. But like, you look at the quarterbacks now. At that time, yes, he was good. But I feel like the standard now is we had to put in quarterbacks you have who pass for so many yards, who pass for so many touchdowns. The, you know, the game like, has changed, though. The game, the has, game has changed. changed. Right. It's totally different. 
I just think if you have to debate it, like you, look, if I say Tom Brady, even though you guys hate him, he's in. He's Drew Brees, in. he's in. Payne Manning, in. Right? Like those three guys, like they're in. Okay, Aaron Rodgers, in. Ben, in. For me, Philip Rivers is not in. Yeah. That and and that that's where I think the debate goes is if I have to debate if you're a Hall of Famer, it's such a prestige thing. It's the best of the best in the history of this sport. If I got to debate if you're going in or not, you're not going in. And that's for every single sport. What do you guys think, Pac? Yeah, there's there's different sort of you know ways to look at this. There's some people that believe in the quote unquote Hall of Very Good, where you just have to yeah. you know be a productive. Know, quite we'll, we'll call it a star i'd say matthew stafford's worthy of the star label mm-hmm. he's a very good quarterback in this league mm-hmm. but you're right is he one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever throw a football no um i think this whole argument is is very very unfair though towards quarterbacks because to me the way i see it why do rings only matter when we're talking about quarterbacks it's true eli manning won two super bowls in New York with the Giants. And everyone says, oh, he has two rings. He should be in the Hall of Fame, strictly for the reason that he has two mm-hmm. rings. But no one will bring up, you know, let's say, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, Justin Tuck, some, some pretty solid edge rushers and good defensive players on those New York Giants teams and say, those guys have two rings. They deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I get it that quarterback is the most important position, but I just feel like if Stafford wasn't a hall of famer before this one game and now because of one game we're supposed to put him in it's it's a bit of a flawed process because it is a team sport at the end of the day and Mm -hmm. there's 11 guys on offense and 11 guys on defense so it's just like i don't know to me stafford's a phenomenal quarterback he's a star still has some time left i i like your your whole idea that if there's a debate he doesn't get in because right now there is a debate for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, like I keep hearing this argument that was Matthew Stafford in his time in Detroit and now the one year with with Los Angeles, was he ever a top five quarterback in the in the NFL? Well, it depends who you ask, but, but probably not. Probably not. In, in both your guys' opinion, was oh, he no, ever at, so. in his career a top five quarterback in the league? He doesn't Maybe have an MVP. He, he didn't win the Super Bowl MVP. He's got one ring. And what is he like mid pack for passing yards, touchdowns, all that? Yeah, he has some game winning drives, some some big moments. But I agree with you, Luca. Right now, like in right now today, Matthew Stafford shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Does he go on and win maybe another Super Bowl and collect the Super Bowl MVP, have an outstanding year, maybe lead the league in passing yards and touchdowns with the roster that he has in LA? I don't know. We still we, the, we have to see what the future holds. But as of right now, I do not see Matthew Stafford in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, it's it's just a debate that I that we saw. Yeah, I think I keep, I keep went after him. Yeah, that's where I, I saw the list. Like he has no accolades really, <laughs> besides maybe a comeback player of the year. Yeah. So as of right now, I don't see Matthew Stafford getting into the Hall of Fame. I wanted to touch on Odell Beckham Jr. He had a great postseason for the Rams. He also had one touchdown before uh he hurt his knee, and I think it was an ACL tear. Uh, that kept him out of his Super Bowl, but he finally gets his ring. Pac, what do you see next for Odell Beckham Jr.? Is he staying with the Rams? Because I've seen things where he would fit in KC and all and all this nonsense. What do you see Odell Beckham Jr. doing? Yeah, I think that one play, non-contact injury, horrible luck to you know catch your feet mm-hmm. in the turf. That's it. Same ACL as he tore a season ago with the Browns. Just like that, I think his future has drastically changed. 
I think it's a big risk to, to give someone a lot of money coming off an ACL tear. That's why I think he's just going to end up staying with the Rams. Feels like the fit's great there. He really enjoys it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see them fully healthy with Robert Woods, Ordo Beckham Jr., and Cooper Cup because we never got to see that. I think that'd be really something special. That'd so be I scary. He can stay in L.A. Yeah, I think he will stay in L.A. I just think the fit there, you see the chemistry with the locker room and how they implement him into the offense. Him with Robert Woods, I mean, those are two receivers, right, coming off an ACL. One guy who just got it back-to-back seasons on the same knee. So that is going to be something interesting considering Odell's known for his explosiveness and his break to get out of routes. So I'm interested to see how that happens. But there's just something like – the Rams really, if if they don't sign Odell, right? Who's to say that they're not going to go and try to get another receiver? Yeah, right. Because you saw for that whole offense, that whole Super Bowl, right? When Odell went out, is Woods going to be the guy that he was when he came back? You'd like to think so, but if Odell is gone and Woods is not that same guy, is Van Jefferson ready to take that next next step? I'm not sold yet. He's a nice third piece. He's a nice, you know, deep ball guy a game. You give him a shot, he'll catch it. But is he going to go out there and catch seven balls a game? Probably not, right? He's just not that kind of guy yet. And it's nothing against him. That's just not the type of player that he is. So you got to really look at it. I think it's going to be interesting this offseason if they don't get Odell back, if they go for another receiver. Because that offense, like we've been saying in this episode, looks so deflated. And besides that final drive, they really had nothing going for them. So I'm interested to see if they don't sign him back, what the Rams are going to do with that receiver position. The Rams win the Super Bowl 56. The season is over. Enough on the game, boys. Let's have some fun. Let's talk about some other stuff. Luca, our props. Oh, God. Our props, buddy. Pac, I don't know if you were in on it, but maybe we'll get your picks uh, for for what you thought. What'd you pick, heads or tails? I had heads. It's one of the few things that I uh, that I had right in the end. <laughs> we I both, did, yeah. Luca, we both had heads. Anthem. Luca had the over, so congratulations to you. I had the under. Pac, what'd you have on the anthem? I watched a video on Instagram, and I got suckered into taking the under. Even though oh, was- oh, my goodness. Yeah. It always goes over. I think she was on the last note at 130, and it went to like 150. Yeah, she she sold it. She sold the end. So and I was just there. You placed a heavy wager for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, the Gatorade color I got right. I'm pretty sure. No, you picked. You changed your bet to orange. <laughs> oh, you know why? You know why? Because I thought the Bengals would win, but I yeah. I didn't say if the Rams, I, it was a bit of a cop out. I'm like, I heard though. I lose. heard a rumor though that the Bengals did have orange in their Gatorade thing. So you could have been right. I oh. I was just mad that it was blue, like because the Rams are like blue, their co- team colors. I was mad that it was blue. I'm like, why couldn't it be something like like purple or yellow, something like that? So yeah. we both got it wrong for the third straight year, Luca. I had red, you had orange. Our halftime predictions: who would come out first? You had Kendrick. I had uh, Mary J. Blige. We were both wrong. Dr. Dre started it off. Pac, did you have the hear like hear anything? Who was coming out first? Who was starting I it off? Pop it on first song, and uh, that was wrong as well too. Oh, Why don't I don't think actually. Uh, he bet Snoop Dogg the color of his shoes. And he Who bet that? Sorry, one of my buddies bet. Uh, okay, and he yeah. got it right. I think he's wearing silver, silver shoes. Silver yeah, silver one. shoes. Oh my goodness! There was some excitement for that. I also put a bet with the guys if Snoop was going to smoke on stage, and he did it before he came. He out. He did it before he came out. Nice and try. I- 
I lost that one. Nice try. So you lost a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, I lost. You know what? Listen, I I, I was just, it was a bad, honestly, it was bad. I even bet on what QB would be shown first during the anthem. I even bet on that. I thought it it would be Stafford. You're a degenerate. Home guy. (laughs) Burrow's the media department. I know. That's what I thought. I'm like, you know what? I feel like everybody I was with is going to go Burrow. I'm like, I'm going to go Stafford. He's the home guy. It's in LA. Show Stafford, and they kept showing Donald. They kept showing all these these other. I'm like, what oh is my happening? Goodness. And they showed Burrow, and I lost uh, lost some money. So, um, halftime show thoughts, Pac. What? How did you think of it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I listen. My favorite. I've I've never really been a halftime show guy. Last yeah. year, maybe because I wasn't enjoying the game at all, watching Tom Brady collect ring number seven. I really <laughs> like the weekend because you know he's a Canadian guy. As well. Yeah. This year, you know, I thought it was good. Um, it's a little old school for me, but uh, you know, I enjoyed it. It was Luca. I think it was good just because of the people that were there, but I it wasn't like everybody was like, Oh, Grace off to I'm sure, but they could have been terrible, and everybody still would have said that. I feel yeah. like right? I thought they knocked it out of the park, though. I, I like when they had a couple I, classic songs, Eminem comes out last with Lose Yourself. Like, everybody loves that song. Everybody, yeah. like you guys both know that song off by heart. I know Luca was like probably pounding his chest when the, when the beat was going, so. I was I, honestly, that, I'm mean, gonna be honest. The whole halftime show, I was looking for the, for the joint. That's all I was looking. For. I was like, please. You were just screaming at I was the like, screen. Please pull it out. And he oh did it. my god! He goodness. did it. He did it before uh, he came out. There was a video, so I uh, lost that one. It's just you know the 50-50s, guys. I just never win. Yeah, those. you never win them. You never win them. One last question as we wrap up the show. I think we got five minutes left on the Zoom call. Pock, season's over. We're into the off season. What is one prediction that's going to happen this off season? Before he goes, I got to give him credit. He predicted the Rams to win. Oh, thank you. They, he did. I saw they, the tweet. I saw the tweet on Instagram. So congratulations so, uh, to that. This is this is your first prediction probably of 2022. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've done it already. So this is massive, Pac, because now you have okay some credibility. Yeah. So you can't get this wrong. So, so what I actually did as soon as the Rams won the Super Bowl. I pretty much flushed my credibility down the toilet because I thought I had a little bit of magic with that prediction. So mm-hmm. I pretty much retweeted my tweet from a year ago and just captioned it. The Miami Dolphins will win the 2023 oh. Super Bowl, hoping to cash in on that magic. Oh my I'm not going to do that to you guys on your show and say that because that's just... That's that it. Crazy. Um, wow. A big prediction that I'm liking, and it's a team that didn't make the playoffs in the AFC this year. Watch out for the Los Angeles Chargers next year. That's you see, I'm... I was high on the miss your pocket. Let me down. This I mean, is. I, I think it was a learning year for them, and they got mm-hmm. really, really close. Mm-hmm. But watch out for the next year. The reason I agree with you is because they got Herbert under that rookie deal. They got an easier schedule because they finished, I think, third in that division. Yeah, third place. And they have a ton of money. So that money has to be <laughs> defense. Just <laughs> get – Herbert not having to throw 50 times a game. Okay. If you just give him a, a, de- a capable defense that doesn't give, I think they were like, they, their defense was compared with, I think the jets, the yeah. Jags and the Texans like that for a playoff caliber team that just can't happen. So this is the most crucial off uh, off season for this team. And I agree with Pog. That is a team I was high on this year. I'm going to stick on them again. I think the chargers are in for a big year. If they can, make the right signings, draft the right players. Herbert or Burrow, that is the debate right now. Yeah, I'm, a, 
Or two. Uh, okay, sure. I'll put two in there. <laughs> As I both of you have the Miami shirt on and the patch shirt on. So I'm going with my offseason prediction, like what's going to happen this offseason. Aaron Rodgers will not be a Green Bay Packer come next season. And for my second one, Tom Brady returns from retirement. That is my prediction. I don't think me or Pac want that. Yeah, I I want it because then it's going to turn into a whole movie and it's going to be sick. (laughs) Everyone's taking Brady's words. I, I... I feel like he's, you know, I think Giselle made the call and he's he's not going back. <laughs> That's, I mean, we all know that she definitely has the final say. In this she's one. calling the plays, uh, Apoc. She's calling the plays. She, she's she's the coach, the GM, and the owner there. Oh, so my I goodness. Don't, I don't think we'll be seeing Brady, but hey, it's a fun prediction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Aaron Rodgers one, I've sort of come to think that uh, that he's – He's gonna stay put, but yeah. you know, no one, no one knows what's what's going on in, in that guy's head except for except for Aaron Rodgers. I'm trying to think of a of a big time free agency splash for you. I'm gonna say that Calvin Ridley gets traded, um, hmm. and I'm gonna say that uh, Luca Moya's New England Patriots may or may not be involved in that trade. That's, that's don't don't do this. Don't do this to me, Pac. Please don't do this to me. I, would, I, I would really hate to see it, but. I know. I, I think if we're going to, yeah, I'll, I'll say one. We were talking about the Chargers. I think Mike Williams goes to probably the worst name in the National Football League. I think the Commanders, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the Commanders are in for Mike Williams. Look for the best, my opinion, the best 50 50 jump ball guy in the league. Uh, I think he'll be heading to Washington. And so that, again, is another step for the Chargers to see if they can go. So it kind of it kind of takes away from me and Pac's prediction, but at the same time, it's going to be interesting to see how they spend that money. So it's going to be really interesting. I said interesting a lot. Wow. It's going to okay. be an interesting oh. off yeah, season. Just, yeah. And Pac, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, once again, we're probably going to have you uh, throughout the off season. If big moves happen and we're going to get your, your inside look on that. You can listen to the L2 sports podcast on pocket casts, radio, public Google podcast, breaker, Apple podcasts, Spotify, and now YouTube. You can watch us all on YouTube. It'll be our first YouTube video out. So, Check us out. Subscribe to the podcast. Pac, I want to thank you again for coming on. That's Luca. I'm Lucas. Follow us on Instagram at LucasCartelli23. Luca.12. Luca.moya12. I always screw that up. And Pac, what's your Instagram? It's just at Thomas Pogrenick underscore. Nice and simple. Not like, not like Moya. Really. Not like Moya is changing his Instagram name every episode. Thank you very much, everybody. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>